And we're sisters, scientists, and lifelong X-Files fans. And this is We Want to Believe. All right. Let's begin. Welcome back. Hello. Um, So we are talking about humbug today. Before we get into that, do you have any announcements or things to talk about or anything? Um, I really don't think so. Um, Your book has a cover. My book is a cover. And is available for pre-order. Yeah, Um, everywhere. I mean, I feel like, is this like a sponsored ad because we're paying stuff ourselves in a way? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. You should go go. buy my book because (laughs) it's adorable and you should pre-order it. uh, If you, especially because I'm doing some really cute uh, pre-order swag for people who pre-order and then fill out the form on my website. Um, Do you still have some available? I do have some available still, and I probably will still have some available by the time the episode airs. Um, If I don't, the form will be gone off my website. So no harm, no foul. But I probably will. Um, Yeah, it has a cover. It's Ah, adorable. It's super cute. It's very colorful. Uh, My book is called Mighty Millie Novak. It is a YA novel uh, about a girl on a junior roller derby team. And it's a lot of fun. And not it's it's an easy read it's a fun read it's got a lot of i I had uh one of my readers said the number of times i've said to myself millie you absolute dingus while reading this and then said was i this dumb at 15 yes the answer is yes i was this dumb so it's got a lot of entertainingly bad decisions and uh complications and uh yeah i would call it delightful that would be my my Thank adjective. You. Yeah, yeah, it is delightful. Yeah, it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you go to elizabeth-holden.com, you can. That's my general website, and then it's under books, or you can just go straight to elizabeth-holden.com/slash/millie, M-I-L-L-I-E. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you should pre-order it, and you get a personalized note from me, and I don't know. I'll draw yeah. you a picture of an alien or something like that if you want. Ooh. You put them in the notes. Yeah. 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 Some sort of special alien in thing. I don't know. That I Personally, lost that sentence there. Yeah, that's okay. I like your your drawings of greyhounds. Yeah. I I think I well, I think I talked about on the podcast the dream I had about my greyhound being abducted by aliens. Oh, and I yeah. like yeah, it's it quite <laughs> sad. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I don't, I don't personally have anything. I just want, now that the cover is, uh, available. Yeah. I, people should. Yeah. Yeah. You should go buy again. it. Go yeah. on, do it. Yep. And do if it. you are coming to our podcast because you know of me as an author and then welcome and you can hear us talk about X-Files. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Anything so we're t- else? I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else, but I have a lot to say about this episode. So I think it'll be good to dive in because I have a lot of like tangential stuff that's kind of behind the scenes as well. Cool. I'm ready. This is this is a great one. Um, It is like, yeah, it's it's so good. It's so funny. I kept having to pause it to write down lines because there's so many good lines. This is kind of considered the first overtly funny x-file and there's some dark stuff too and there's some disturbing stuff but it's also just it's really funny and entertaining and like i mean i'll I'll describe some scenes like so this so this was written by darren morgan and darren morgan um i was always confused because i knew the name morgan from morgan and wong who wrote beyond the sea and then uh wrote some of the other later episodes it was um glenn morgan and i can't remember Wong's first name. And so Darren Morgan is Glenn Morgan's younger brother who then oh. wrote some stuff separately and had this like distinct comedic sensibility. So he also wrote War of the Coprophages. Oh, um, that one's great. Yeah, it's that's great. He wrote Jose Chung's From Outer Space and he wrote Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. So oh, he wow. wrote a lot and he also they say his sensibility and and way of like writing humor sort of influenced the other writers for the x-files and so we got other sort of funny episodes and they talk about how chris carter wrote the episode syzygy and how that was sort of influenced directly he says like darren martin's uh way of writing yeah what did i just say martin yeah morgan (laughs) yeah darren morgan's way of writing like influenced that yeah so 
Wow. Um, I need to first know, are they still old? When, no, uh, I forgot okay. about that. No, <laughs> nope. They are not old anymore. <laughs> I've been waiting a week to find yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah. I guess the treatment works at the end of that episode oh, and good. become their age again. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, they both look uh, normal. Um, we'll talk about how they look because it gets into some points in the episode. Um, All right. Actually. Uh, so I will say there's some gross stuff in here that I was like, this is like, I don't know, kind of body horror stuff. I don't know. Not exactly the uh, right word. We'll get into it. I was a little, uh, but. Okay. Okay. Um, so it starts with the scene where kids are splashing in a pool at night and uh, you see they're being watched by someone. Like kid who- kids or like teenager kids. Oh, no, they're probably like 10, like oh, two okay. brothers. Okay. Yeah, are just kind of splashing in a pool at night. Uh, and you see somebody watching them and you see his, you can kind of see his arm and it looks kind of like strange skin or whatever. Um, and you're like, oh, this guy's going to attack those kids is the feeling you get. And then you see he's in the water and all of a sudden he pops out and goes, ah, and the kids scream. And then they're like, dad, you scared us. And he, uh, you're home uh-huh. and it's their dad. And he's got... A skin disease, uh, they called it ichthyosis, they say it later on. It's Hmm. something where his skin kind of looks like scales. Sure. I don't Uh know. Um, It's familiar. And so so he's horsing around with the kids, and he's talking about how he'd been on the road. And uh, and you see that there's a trailer outside that says Jerry the Alligator Man. And so Uh he must have been traveling with this sideshow. and so then he, he tells the kids, hey, you got to get in and get to bed. Uh, but before he can get in, something jumps into the pool and attacks him. Something oh. smallish. And that's all we can tell. And we see his huh. blood as he's like bitten or something. Weird. Um, okay. Yeah. So Mulder and Scully get involved because, um, oh, hang on. We're looking at the, the credits are kind of coming up as Mulder and Scully are talking. Okay. Okay. Um, In their office, they're looking at crime scene photos and Mulder's talking about how there's been this series of similar attacks all over the country where people have this weird wound in their side in the same spot and then they bleed out and die. And how it seems like a serial killer, but not really because I don't remember why. (laughs) And there's no pattern to like who's attacked. Like it's just random people and in random cities. Um, but as the credits are rolling, uh, they, I, well, my, my eye was drawn at first because someone, somebody in the credits was Michael Anderson, who's, uh, somebody I know from college, but then the next name is the Enigma. And I was like, oh, someone named the Enigma is in this episode. And so we'll, we're going to talk a lot about him. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So, um, so they show the guy's funeral. It's in a town in Florida, um, Gibsonton, Gibsonton, Florida. I don't think it's a real town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you see the people, it's like an outdoor funeral kind of at the gravesite. The um, coffin is sitting on grass. And uh, uh, you see in the audience, there's a lot of sideshow looking people. There's a bearded lady. There's, uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, some people with crazy dyed hair, which looks pretty normal to me, but in that context is clearly meant to look weird. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, and then you see one guy who is um, drinking from a flask and looks very upset. Um, and uh, the pastor is talking about Gerald Blazebrook, who is Jerry the alligator man who died. And uh, he says something about how Jerry was an escape artist, but death is the one thing he couldn't escape from, which oh, I feel God. like would make more sense <laughs> if uh, he had died of old age. It's horrible, but also would have made more sense if he died of old age or something. Like, right. No, he was murdered. Yeah. Oh, God. But as he says that, the coffin starts shaking. And they move it, but it's not anything in the coffin. It is beneath the grass. A man pops up. And uh, it's this guy. I don't even know how to describe him. I mean, he looks normal enough. He's got, like, kind of messy chin-length hair. It looks kind of wild-eyed. But he's not, like, I don't know. Uh, otherwise looks normal enough. And he's like, uh-huh. oh, well, I, I didn't personally know the deceased. But I'm sure he was a really nice guy, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, he says that directly. And he's like, ah, oh, but I'm going to do a, tr- uh, 
performance in tribute to him. And then he takes a railroad tie and hammers it into his chest. And oh, then blood starts going everywhere. God. And then a brawl erupts. And it's all crazy. Um, and Whoa. he doesn't die. He's just like... Uh, I, it was Whoa. really, it's just really, really weird. And I would be really mad if I were Jerry's wife that this guy disrupted the funeral to basically do some sort of show. Yeah, um, for real. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, after the funeral, Mulder and Scully are talking to the sheriff and they're in a diner and they're talking about the pattern of deaths and they're uh, the sheriff. Uh, I kind of assumed that there would be a sort of, law enforcement versus sideshow members like like uh versus yeah. sort of energy mm -hmm. but no he's like very defensive of the community and is like this is where this sideshow comes when they're not touring and they're valued members of our community and they're normal and scully's oh, like okay well if they're normal we have to also treat the possibility that they could be suspects in this murder and uh, yeah <laughs> which, which i thought was fair, fair point yeah yeah so um Mulder notices this weird drawing on the menu of like a kind of a mermaid, but not an attractive one. A disturbing image. I don't know. It'll make like the sense. Harry in a Potter moment. mermaids? No, so much more disturbing. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> like the Starbucks so, mermaid. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's nice, right? Isn't she yeah, a normal mermaid? Yeah. yeah. No, she's no, nice. I think you'll understand exactly what to picture. I, the only way I have to describe it is to give away something. So got it. Bear with got me. It. And the sheriff says, oh, that drawing was done by somebody named Hepcat Helm. And uh, it's the Fiji mermaid. And huh. I was like, wait, I just heard of the Fiji mermaid. It's because I was watching a taskmaster and they had to do a thing where bring in an item that sounds beautiful or cool but isn't and they brought in one of the contestants had made a version of the fiji mermaid that was really disturbing looking and huh. so now we'll find out why they go to talk okay. to Cupcat helm he's got loud rockabilly playing he's making all these scary masks and he says uh the, the sheriff says oh he operates the carnival fun house and he's like it's not a fun house it's a tabernacle of terror and the sheriff goes it's a carnival fun house um <laughs> and uh he explains that the fiji mermaid was something that barnum advertised but then uh said people saw it and it was clearly a mummified old monkey attached to oh, a fish yes yes okay. i've heard of this okay yeah yeah, I believe I've heard of this from the book that I couldn't think of the name of at the end of the last episode when we mentioned oh. this episode. Um, the book, uh, The Museum of Extraordinary Things by Alice Hoffman. Oh, that I forgot. Al Alice Hoffman wrote Practical Magic. Yes, yeah. And I've oh. read other books of hers that are also very good. Um, and if you recall, I have complicated feelings about this book, but decided that I think I like it. Oh, okay. um, but yes, the uh, the Fiji mermaid Fiji was mermaid. mentioned. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool. I'm on board. And so they talk about how then Barnum started advertising it as a genuine fake. And <laughs> they say it was it was humbug. And apparently humbug is slang for like a fake. Oh, I just think of it as something that Ebenezer Scrooge says. So, right. That's, yeah, so why that's does he the, say it then? I don't know. Scrooge, that's why Why is that yeah. like a bah humbug? Why is that bah I fake? I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe it's, nah, that doesn't quite work. I was yeah, going to say, okay. like, if you could use it like bullshit, but that's not oh, really sure. the context. In, that's not quite the context in which he's using it. Scrooge, I mean. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's where the episode gets its title from. And Got it. so, um, Mulder gets very interested in the Fiji mermaid and it's because there are, at all the crime scenes there are these weird tracks that one expert said looked vaguely simian and oh. because so he's like maybe the Fiji mermaid is a real thing so that's oh Mulder's God. working theory and that it's like dragging itself along and killing people okay <laughs> I really and hope that's not the case it's not yeah okay <laughs> great <tell> you. great <laughs> it's Here's the thing. I think you'll, in the end, prefer that had been the case. Um, oh, so, God. 
Okay. Uh, so, Ooh. um, the, they go to check into a hotel that's like a trailer park and it's like in town. Uh, the hotel manager is a man named Mr. Nutt and he's a little person. Uh, the actor who played him actually, uh, was on Twin Peaks, if that means anything to anyone. Um, and he's like, I don't know. He's quite spirited. They're like, they're kind of asking everyone, do you, uh, have you had anything to do with the sideshow? Did you work for it? And he's like, how dare you say that to me? Because, oh, I'm small. So you just assume that about me. And they're like trying to be like, no, that's not what we meant. And he's like, I majored in hotel management. And uh, he's <laughs> like very pissed off at them. Um, and uh, oh, okay. And so he looks at Mulder and is like, oh, we just judge by appearances. Well, if I looked at your, your dour demeanor and your, you know, somber clothes, and he says a few other things about him, I'd say you just look like, I don't know, a government man, like an FBI agent or something, <laughs> but you should be seen as an individual. And then Mulder's like, I am an FBI agent. And he's <laughs> like, oh. And uh, and so there's a lot about appearances and expectations in this episode. There's a... Interesting. All right, I'll get there. There's some great stuff at the end. But uh, then the guy who's carrying their bags for him, which... Or carrying their bags for them, which surprised mm -hmm. me because I feel like the sort of hotel where I've had someone carry my bags is generally not a trailer park. I guess I've never stayed in a hotel that's a series of trailers, though. So what do I know? Oh, um, no, I've never heard of that. Huh. But it okay. is there. So they each get their own sure. trailer. Okay. And the guy who um, is walking with them is the guy who was drinking out of the flask at the funeral. And ah. he kind of has like a bag or something kind of attached to his body on the side and he talks about how he had a conjoined or has a conjoined twin and how he used to be in the sideshow um uh, his name is lenny and his brother's name is leonard and he talked about how he loved being on the stage but then um you know he he says something like mr nut meaning the the hotel manager convinced me that that was degrading and that i should have a more respectful job so now i carry other people's bags around this trailer park <laughs> and, and it, it's just kind of he seems kind of depressed oh. um and um he is a famous actor i looked up his name yesterday and huh. of course i don't remember it uh Oh, come on, Liz. Because um, I think you might know him. He has like a very distinct, sad face, if you will. Um, Vincent Schiavelli. Um, he is, he was in Batman Returns as the organ grinder. If you can picture that, he worked Oh my gosh. For... Yes, I can. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. was going to look it and, up. But, and yeah. he was also yeah. the subway ghost in the movie Ghost, which I didn't even realize I remembered that, but I read that phrase and was like, ah! So the subway ghost was scary. I remember that in the movie Ghost. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. I've only seen it once, but and I, I don't remember scary ghosts. But okay, yeah. Yeah, that's he, okay. I remember him being I remember, scary. Yeah, I remember him mm. as the organ grinder. Yeah, so that's him. And so... uh. So he carries their bags. Um, and then we go back to Hepcat Helm and he's got his loud rockabilly on. And you can see there's just like a basement sort of tall, skinny window um, that's open. And something crawls through there and kills him and bites Ooh. him to death. Ooh. And it's it's a little gory. Okay. Um, but we don't see the thing that's biting him. No, it's all kind of shot. So we can see something kind of reddish okay mm -hmm. and and scary looking i don't know um we don't see anything that looks like a mermaid okay or a monkey um okay any more than any one of us looks like a monkey i guess i don't know um yeah. so so the next day in the morning we see Mulder jogging and uh it very much reminded me of how in the uh book uh agent of chaos young Mulder is jogging and stumbles upon a crime scene and i was like oh it's oh, yeah. young Mulder." <laughs> so he's he's going out for a jog and he sees this guy swimming in the river in wearing nothing but a loincloth catching a fish uh and he's, he's got a fish in his mouth and he is covered he's bald and he's he's it's Picture basically Gollum, except actually a person. And his whole body, body is covered in tattoos of puzzle pieces. Um, oh, cool. Some of which are colored in, some of which aren't. So let me tell you now, 
that actor is the Enigma. Oh, okay. All right. And those are his real tattoos and his real look. So he, um, to have a little digression, the Enigma used to be a guy with a normal enough name. Um, Yeah, I guess I didn't write it down. Some normal name. Um, Mm -hmm. And he looked like I looked at a picture of him from 1992 before he began as what they say his transformation. Um, But he looks like, I don't know, some punk dude. And so he did a lot of work in the Jim Rose sideshow circus, which is one of the like few remaining sideshows in America. Jim Rose is the guy who plays the guy who popped out of the ground at the funeral. Oh, Whoa, so, no kidding. Yeah, so those two actually work together in real life in the like side sh- modern-ish sideshow industry. Now, which is a like, thing. Still still or like still in the 90s? Um, let's see. I think still cuz the Enigma wow. has done some other stuff. Um he Oh yeah, Paul Lawrence, that was his name. Um he has been in some music videos. Um, he's been in some movies. Uh, he has a Guinness world record for all his tattoos. Um, wow. but I think that the Jim Rose circus is still a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was founded in 91 in Seattle. Um, and it's, it's more about, people it's not about oh let's show off someone with a deformity it is Mm -hmm. about people doing deliberately weird things or unusual things okay Um, cool yeah i mean it does not sound like anything i want to attend let me be very clear but god no something i'm way more comfortable with exactly i can i can respect that if it's all like consensual and not you know like yeah 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 people being abducted and put on display yeah right um yeah and so uh so Scully wakes up and there's this scene where um, the the drunk guy knocks on the door of her trailer to say that the sheriff wants to see her. Um, and uh, he's got his robe kind of open. It's morning. And Scully's kind of looking and can see like a something red at his side, something strange or whatever. Um, and then he's kind of looking at her because her robe is kind of open and you can see her bra. And then at the same time, they're both kind of like, oh, God, and pull their robes shut real tight. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, so Scully and Mulder go and uh, they're going to go talk to the sheriff. The sheriff has called them to the crime scene and he's like, look, there was there were doors, but the window is clearly what they entered through because we can see blood as if that's where they left through. So we can see the blood of um, Hepcat Helm and some other right. blood as well. And so it's tombs. It's tombs. It could be tombs. Yeah. It's a liver. Presumably. Not, but because yeah. he was ground up by that escalator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so they go back to uh the trailer park, and the annoying guy from the funeral, played by Jim Rose, is uh-huh. hanging upside down above a, a big cauldron. He's upside down, he's in a straight jacket, and he's struggling out of it and he gets out of it and then he kind of hops down from the hook above the cauldron and and one of them says oh like that's a good trick or whatever and he says dr blockhead does not perform tricks which is a very joe bluth line i thought <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it it's an illusion <laughs> but uh so that's dr blockhead so that's the guy played by jim rose and his whole deal okay. is basically you know hurting himself so as they're talking he hammers a nail like into his nose oh god yeah and scully's like oh you must be one of those rare people whose nerve endings doesn't register pain and Uh and he's like oh you don't know maybe i'm in terrible pain and i'm you know just i don't know experiencing it or whatever so Mulder just grabs the pliers and pulls the nail out of his nose (laughs) real blase and uh, Dr. Blockhead is saying a lot of like trying to be deliberately shocking things. And he's like mm. talking about how oh, pain can teach you things or whatever. Sure. And he says, you know, did you know you can train your testicles to draw into your abdomen? And Mulder says, I'm doing that as we speak. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that I was, just kept, kept writing down a, lines. Yeah, there's a um, no, that's that's slightly different. But getting back to Dwight Trude. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's yeah. part of the office where he uh he talks about being able to do that oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so Mulder says I'm doing that as we speak and all of a sudden the enigma pops out of the cauldron oh he was under the water in there yeah and so uh his name on the show is the conundrum but Uh, I kept calling him the enigma in my notes because I did so either way it's you know so it's clearly meant to be the same thing and uh and Mm -hmm. and so the enigma doesn't appear to speak the conundrum doesn't appear to speak and Dr. Blockhead is like, oh, he's a geek. He eats anything. And you'll recall that the name of that book that I talked about last week was Geek Love that I couldn't finish. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. Which sounds like sort of a, oh, two dorky people falling in love. But it is apparently the word geek in an old timey sense refers to a sideshow act. And okay. people eating things that like anything oh i hate that i really really hate that let me just say oh no it's gonna get worse isn't it i wouldn't say it gets better yeah so so let me pause and ask do you remember did you ever watch this episode no i don't think i have no really Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah i mean like it's like there's a lot of stuff that's just at the border of what I can handle as far as grossness, but at Ooh, the same I'm time, so it's glad really, I haven't watched it. But it's like really fun and funny at the same time. Like, yeah. there's just like some really great moments and and interactions, and so uh, like that, for example. Then Mulder goes off and tells Scully he's got the nail. He's going to go test the blood on the nail against the blood on the window. Oh, which is like really clever. So Scully is going to uh, this museum of curiosities and there's old photos of the conjoined twins, Chang and Eng. The one who's now working. Oh no, 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 no. no. Chang and Eng are real. They're conjoined twins from, I'm not sure when they were around. I mean, such that there were photos, but it was, they were black and light, white, um, uh, they were joined, yeah, late 1800s or uh, mid to late 1800s, and they were kind of displayed as curiosities, but they were both um, educated and had like, they were really just kind of conjoined on their sides and otherwise like each had one arm and they could get okay. dressed and talk and, and were fine. Yeah. Um, but this is true. I mean, who knows what you put on death certificates, but they talk about it on the show. The owner of the museum talks to Scully and says, so Cheng died of a cerebral blood clot. Oh. And he's like, imagine being Ang and your brother dies. Like, oh, oh my God. God. Which, and he said this, and I thought, surely this isn't true, but I checked it. Um, Ang's cause of death a few hours later is listed as fright. Oh, God. Yeah. If anything is going to do it. I mean, like, <laughs> right? If... <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, probably not. Probably it was like heart problems because he's still partially attached yeah, to someone I who just had a story. So. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the owner of the museum is like, Scully kind of asks asks about uh, the conundrum and Dr. Blockhead, and he says, geeks are unseemly. And uh, Dr. Blockhead is a skilled performer. And then he he gives Scully this flyer for, and it's got kind of a hairy teenager on the picture, okay. and it looks, I don't know, kind of dated. And it says, Jim Jim, the dog-faced boy, which made me think of. <laughs> White Christmas. <laughs> yes. Freckle-faced Haynes, the dog-faced boy. <laughs> and so luckily, and, which is interesting, because I've always thought Rosemary Clooney and White Christmas reminds me of Scully. Her look. Oh, yeah, totally. Vibe. Yeah. Yes. And hair. I mean, like, yes. the, you know, the bob curled under the, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'll get to say the phrase dog face boy again, several times, <laughs> but he says that he's got this old Barnum exhibit at the museum. Um, and he's not showing it to everyone, but he can show it to Scully, but I've got to ask you two favors. One show, tell no soul what you witness here. 
And Scully's like, all right, so what's the other favor? And he's like, yeah. an additional donation of $5. <laughs> and so Scully goes down this long hallway. It's very dark. And at the end of the hallway, just kind of lit is a trunk. And it's creaky. And she's like, I guess I open it. There's nothing else in here. And so she opens the trunk. Would you like to guess what happens? Something pops out of it? No, the trunk is totally empty. And then the exit door opens to the, the outside of the museum. <laughs> so he just wanted the $5. Yep. Yeah. It's just a trick. <laughs> That's great. I know. I loved it. That's the thing. It was a really entertaining episode. Like yeah, I was yeah. super entertained. Um, and so uh, Mulder then sees the owner of the hotel crawling around under Scully's uh, trailer. And so he kind of, interrogates him and is like what are you doing there and he's like oh i was fixing her plumbing you think that that's the only way somebody like me could get thrills with women i'll have you know a lot of women you know don't want some tall lanky weirdo like you or something like that and he's like plenty of women like this and then Mulder to kind of get him to go away in a, a line i thought was super dated which like i think played funny at the time Mulder's kind of like um Oh, plenty of men too, and kind of makes it sound like he's coming onto him so that the hotel owner is like, uh, and runs away. But it was oh. like, it was like a homophobia joke, you know? Weird. Like, yeah. yeah. It was just very 90s. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which was too bad. But, uh, but yeah, then Scully comes out and is like, oh, is Mr. Not done with the plumbing? So it's clear he was oh. on the up and up. Scully knew he was down yeah. there. Um, and Mulder and Scully are talking, and Mulder's like, okay, so uh, I did a background check on Dr. Blockhead. His name is Jeffrey Swain. He's from Milwaukee and he hey. doesn't hold a doctorate. So. <laughs> I do from Milwaukee. <laughs> I know. I was like, you have a doctorate and you're from Milwaukee. So you're, yeah. you know, twice cool. as good as Dr. Blockhead or something. Yeah. And then Scully's like, well, I did some background work and I learned about there was this orphan who was found in the forests of Albania in 1943. So my first thought was Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, he was very hairy. He didn't know how to speak. Um, and that was Jim Jim, the dog face boy. And okay. so he was initially exhibited in a sideshow back then. And then he kind of escaped. He disappeared for a few years. She kind of tracked him down doing random jobs. Then he turns up in Gibsonton, gets interested in law enforcement, and is now on his fourth term as sheriff. So, oh, so Jim Jim the Dogface Boy is the sheriff, okay. James Hamilton, which not very interesting side note. James Hamilton is the name of a coworker of mine. Oh. Um, yeah. So cool. they they go this whole scene. There's so many digressions in this episode that like go nowhere but are entertaining. They go and they see the sheriff is in his yard at night and he's digging a hole and he's burying something and they're watching kind of suspiciously. And so they, when he goes inside, they go and they dig up to see whatever it was he was getting and it's something in a white cloth. And so as they're getting it out, um, the, the sheriff comes out with a flashlight and is like, what are you doing? And Mulder mm -hmm. goes, oh, we're exhuming. And he looks in his hand and goes, your potato. <laughs> so uh uh scully's like yeah we're here because you know serial killers often have an interest in law enforcement and so we we're just doing a check and she's clearly nervous and trying to say something and Mulder mm -hmm. just interrupts her and goes we found out you used to be the dog face boy and, <laughs> and and so uh he they show him the flyer and the sheriff i don't know i found it so charming the sheriff looks at the photo and goes oh Look at how skinny I was back then. And he, he's just like, yeah, you know, I started going bald. I realized I was going to have to change careers. And, uh, and, and Scully's like, well, okay, that doesn't explain the potato. And the guy's like, oh, I have a wart on my hand. And Mulder's like, that doesn't explain the potato. <laughs> and apparently uh, the, the guy says, oh, it's, it's, you, you rub a sliced potato on your hand and you bury the potato under a full moon and that gets rid of warts. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, non-invasive. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess that's a superstition I was okay. not familiar with. Yeah. Um, but then uh, 
the dog, which the dog is okay, so everything's fine, but we see uh, the dog that is owned by Mr. Nutt, the hotel manager, is barking, and the enigma is appears to be chasing the dog as if he wants to eat it, is kind of the impression oh, we're God. given. And so the dog is running, the enigma is chasing it, and then the dog gets through the doggy door, and then um, Mr. Nutt opens the door, and the enigma just hands him his rent check. So he was just coming to give him oh. his rent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And All so right. uh uh then Mr. Nutt says to the dog, why are the weirdos the only ones who pay their rent in advance? Which <laughs> which was a line I feel like I must have like I I really remembered that line. Like I must have hung on to that from college or something. I don't know. Unfortunately, a small red monster grabs him through the doggy door and kills him. Oh no. Yeah. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Um and then we see Scully's trailer door being opened by someone with bloody hands and she goes for her gun, but it is Lenny, the kind of drunk guy. And he's like, I found him. He's dead. And uh, we see Lenny at the crime scene. He's really upset because Mr. Nutt had given him this job. Um, and Mulder sees that there's like a pin in Mr. Nutt's hand that has like Dr. Blockhead's like logo on it. And he knows it belongs hmm. to him. So they go to arrest Dr. Blockhead and they interrupt him attaching fish hooks to his chest that are then connected uh, to wire. So that's why I don't want to see the Jim Rose sideshow is for reasons like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I know too many people that have been into that scene. Do you? I do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if too many is fair, but like, I Not, know like, like there's the exact right amount and then yeah. there's beyond that like you want to know four people who are yeah. into being hung by fish hooks and you know well, five or I'm six not, i'm not no i know like three <laughs> so <maybe laughs> okay so then the, the, I, the ideal number is two i don't know <laughs> yeah um yeah uh yeah i feel like there's plenty of clubs and events I've gone to that are like adjacent enough to that where like if you go on a different night, you might go to and see that. Yes, and that's exactly in Madison. There yeah. was it's the Cardinal. It's not there anymore. I don't think. Right. Wasn't it? They the Cardinal? reopened the Cardinal. Um, oh. But I didn't know they did stuff like that at the Cardinal. Um, yeah, there is a dance sure. night at the Cardinal that a friend of mine DJs once a month. It's called Hot Flash and it's from seven to nine thirty. <gasps> no Isn't kidding. That awesome yeah yeah oh man that's awesome wow yeah, it's ham hammer cool. abby dj to it yeah oh really and i have been trying to go for months but i'm always too tired <laughs> it was just like i mean it doesn't get any easier a dance night that ends at 9 30 and i'm still like oh fridays are tough like if yeah. it were saturday i think i could do it but you know you come yeah. home from work and oh yeah yeah i want to change straight <laughs> in my pajamas but yeah um, but yeah, so yeah, the, the Cardinal is is open again, I believe. I think it reopened. Interesting. Okay, I cool. Think. Um, but yeah, yeah I they, they, also have, they would have stuff okay. like that. I'm pretty I sure. I know there's also mm -hmm. stuff at like the Crucible, um, which... Oh, yeah. I have never gone there when they were open, open, but I did lead a bunch of roller derby uh, draftees in a sweat into the oldies workout uh video <laughs> in their space once <laughs> like you do i would not have expected that i no longer remember the circumstances exactly that led to that sure so you know yeah i mean i well i know that i'm the one who chose sweat into the oldies it was like oh we're supposed to be doing something with the draftees and let's do something that's like a cross training or workout or something. And I was like, I found a like hour long Richard Simmons thing on YouTube and it's super fun. Is it? Is oh, it yeah. Oh, wow. Great. Maybe that's I what highly, I need to start doing to work out. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Like it was, it was real fun. It was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, the outfits and like, there's like a real range of abilities and people of all sizes and ages. And he's got a lot of energy and enthusiasm and encouragement. And it's a bunch oh, of 80s great. songs, you know? So, oh my gosh. Is it like yeah. a decent workout? Yeah. I think that like, especially if you challenge yourself to do like the harder versions of things. Yeah. Um, Cause I think otherwise it could be kind of low impact. Um, If you like, I didn't feel like I, like but i mean that could be good for some days too yeah it's like you don't want to sit on the yeah you're like so. i don't want to sit on the couch but i don't want to like 
go like destroy myself either. Like I just want to yeah. move somewhat and it's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, real quick. So yes, I do know people that have like hooks embedded in their body um, mm-hmm. or new, I mean, uh, you know, over the years, Yeah. Um, which like no shame if they no, want to do that. Absolutely. Agree. Go for it. I just don't want to watch or participate. That's all I'm I saying. I 100% agree on all counts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. I have to, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say like, I have to get, take a Valium before I get a blood test, but at the same yeah. time I do have tattoos. So, you know, yeah. I know it's weird and that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't have a Guinness world records breaking number of puzzle piece tattoos though. No, so, no. Um, so yeah, so that's what Dr. Lockett is up you're to. You're still though. young. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm younger than the Enigma. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got time. No, thank you. He said he's had over 200 different tattoo artists work on him. So, Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it wow. is. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's something where I feel like that's really awesome, but it's not, I just, because he talks about how he got into it, the, the actor, the Enigma himself, uh, mm-hmm. got into it because his girlfriend at the time, who became his wife, was a tattoo artist. Oh. And that's how it kind of all started. And then they later got divorced. And I just feel like, man, I would not want to date the Enigma, I guess, is what I'm saying. I would not find yeah. him attractive. But I guess also in this episode, I'm see- he's behaving essentially like Gollum. He's in a loincloth. Uh, he's not speaking. He's caught a fish. He runs off when Mulder sees him. Like, but yeah. no, no, even so, I just, I don't know. I'm not, it's a yeah. lot of tattoos. It's, you know, you get a lot of anything. It starts to get weird, even if it was yes. like, I don't know, Pomeranians right. or something. So, yeah. 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 Um, speaking of Gollum, because this is officially a Lord of the Rings podcast. Right. Of course. Um, my children were finally old enough for us to watch all three Lord of oh. the Rings movies. Oh my and it god! Was like, really? They're old the, enough. It's so I mean, scary. Borderline, um, but it was like the most fun I've ever had. I was like, really? This is why I became a parent <laughs> because <laughs> they're all, you know, they have questions because they don't like get mm. all the nuance and stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh. I can tell you that. Yeah, like, like, yeah. that's like awesome. Who, who is that guy? Is he the king? Well, no, he's not the king. He's just the steward of Gondor. And <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, this is, this is what I was born for, man. But yeah, they uh, oh, that's they had wonderful. A lot of feelings about Gollum. Um, speaking Ooh. of Gollum, I don't know if I've said this. This is partially a credit. It's entirely a credit to you. Um, when I took that Scary Monsters class, I took a literature of Scary Monsters in college. Yeah. And uh, our final paper was about, um, like, humanity and how, like, monsters reflect our own. Do you not remember this? Did I help you write a poem? No, you came up with the title of my paper. I wrote the paper yes, and it was about yes. Gollum and about how like Gollum reflects our humanity, et cetera. Um, and you, I needed a title for it. And so you suggested, and I used human today, Gollum tomorrow. Oh man. That's was, really good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very good. It got like a smiley face from my TA by the title. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Anyway, yeah, uh, Dr. Block is doing some stuff. Yeah, Blockhead is is attaching fish hooks to his chest, and, uh, and and they're arresting him. And he says, I won't answer any questions till I talk to my lawyer. And Scully says, who's your lawyer? And he says, I represent myself. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, this guy, I can't help it. I'm so entertained by everything he says. Yeah. And so Scully handcuffs him. But of course what's his like whole deal he's an escape artist right. so he gets out of the handcuffs he runs out of his trailer and he knocks Mulder backwards onto a bed of nails so it's time for physics um ooh yeah because Mulder uh, Scully's trying to help him up and he's like well it's more comfortable than a futon but um <laughs> yeah because like how does that work with people laying on beds of nails why is that not a problem do you know about this like do you ever see those physics I demos do. or anything yeah I think so. It's all yeah. about like the pounds of force per square inch or something like that. Yeah, like exactly. Your weight is distributed over so many small points that it doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, exactly. Think, it's about pressure. Yeah. Right. I think w- during our tensile strength discussion, I think you talked about the 
um, what our high school science teacher said about being able to pierce someone's foot with a stiletto. I yeah, think that was your comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although um, I don't know that that's the same physics. Oh, sure. It is. Yeah. It's about is pressure. It? Yeah. Right. It's, so pressure is force uh, divided by area, force per unit area. And so in the case of the stiletto, you are having all of that force on a very tiny amount of area so that you get a very large pressure. In the molder laying on the bed of nails case, you are getting the force of Mulder's whole body, but it's divided over this very big area. So the amount of pressure on any individual nail is pretty small. So you still have to be careful doing it. And my right. other understanding is that like, once you're on there and stationary, it's safe. But like the real, the transition that's tricky is getting onto the bed of nails carefully. Yeah. Or getting off. Or I getting off. Yeah. 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 Or getting off. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. Because you don't want to sit up and then put more pressure on things. Right. Like, uh, I told you about when I stayed at that Airbnb in Munich and like, I was safe if I laid down and distributed my weight perfectly flatly. But when I'd sit up, like getting up to go pee, I'd sit up and the bed would break underneath me. Oh, God. <laughs> and I got like trapped like that. And it like broke oh, like no. three times and I kept trying to fix it. And it was this just cheap piece of junk bed that was oh, broken God. underneath. And they tried to say like, you know, oh, no, the bed is fine. And I was like. It's not, though. It breaks <laughs> underneath me. So we only stayed there a night, and then we went to a Novotel. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, uh, and that is why I don't trust Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. first they just said, like, oh, I'll send Mark to fix it. And I was like, who's Mark and when? <laughs> and then we're like, no, the bed is fine. You know, how dare you complain? Also, yeah, that was the place that had the air conditioning. They said it had air conditioning, but it was like one of those portable units with the big hose and they just hung the hose out the window, the open window. And that was how you had air conditioning. Oh God, that sucks. Yeah. So I don't trust Airbnb. I, you know, it was, you know, I, I should have known better. Anyway, um, so Luckily, they step outside the trailer and the sheriff was waiting there and he's caught Dr. Blockhead. And so uh, I forgot to mention um, something a little important, which is that when Lenny, the drunk guy, was all distraught at Mr. Nutt's death um, and it was clear he was very drunk and he was very distraught. And the, the sheriff said, I'm going to put him in the drunk tank, which oh, seems God. very old timey. So he, like, it's like literally uh not, not the dunk tank the drunk tank which is <laughs> i'm like your reaction was way too strong it's just okay right. yeah so he's just he's just in a cell to dry I mean, out I'm thinking like, like that that would sober you up quick yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> no, this is like okay. like Mayberry or whatever, isn't Got there? Is it. it Otis? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. So yes. he's just like putting him in a cell to to dry out or whatever. And so Got then we it. see Lenny in there, and he looks at the ceiling and kind of up, and he's like, "Wait, what the hell? No!" And he's very upset. And so uh, Dr. Blockhead is being, you know, walked into the station and, and saying, oh, you've mixed me up with somebody else. This must be mistaken identity, which is hilarious. Yeah. And uh, and they hear Lenny crying and they go and they check it out and they see that the like upper window of the prison cell is all bloody. And hmm. and and somebody's like, um, somebody somebody got in. Did they attack him? And they see that he's safe. And Scully says, no, it's somebody got out. It is that. Oh, Scully is able to figure out what is going on. Leonard, the small conjoined twin of Lenny, is un is disjoining and leaving Leonard Lenny's body and crawling away and killing people. I do wish it was the Fiji mermaid. <laughs> I Ooh. thought you would. Yeah. yeah. Uh. yeah. I. There are so many things I hate about it. I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> um, like a time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't yeah. you keep going? And no, no, uh, I meant uh, go ahead. Tell us the things oh. you hate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate that it feels a little bit like they're making a monster out of actual conjoined twins. I hate that that's so creepy 
yep. Um, I mean, those are those yeah. are the two big ones. Those yeah. are the two big ones. Yeah. yeah. I it feels a little um like disploiting a disability. Uh it also is really disturbing. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And those. so Lenny is like, look, I couldn't say anything without implicating myself, but he's like, he's not trying to kill anyone. He's just trying to get a different brother and he's trying to conjoin himself to someone other than me because he hates me. Oh God. And he's like, cause he's drinking, Lenny is drinking himself to death. And it's sort of a callback to Chang and oh. and the idea of how they died that like this other twin is like, I don't want to be attached to Lenny anymore. I shall attach to this person, but then he bites them and they die. And so that's okay. Lenny's interpretation anyway. Okay. Um, and Lenny's just kind of like, Oh, he'll come back. He always does. Um, and, uh, and so Mulder and Scully hear screams. They go, they split up and they enter the tabernacle of terror. Cause that's where the screams were coming from. Ah. And it's the carnival Funhouse that uh, yeah. Hepcat Helm had created. So there's a lot of like, they think they see him, but it's like a illusion illusion. And it's a, you know, <laughs> a, like a thing on a, zip line zipping towards them like in a mask or whatever uh scully's in a hall of mirrors and uh she tries to shoot him because she thinks she's about to be attacked but then she shoots a mirror and it's all confusing and so she's in the hall and then all of a sudden Mulder slides into view out of a shoot that you couldn't even see and appears in front of her (laughs) and and he's just like oh hey i thought i heard a shot and and it's just like there's a lot of stuff like that that i just loved of like the playfulness of the x-files that we really haven't gotten yet and and uh, and so they go outside and they see Leonard kind of climbing this hill and they hear the manager's dog bark and they're like, okay, we got to get back to the trailer park. And we see um, the conundrum that mm-hmm. Billy by the Enigma taking out his trash and all of a sudden it looks like he's being attacked. Then they get there and the Enigma's just, the conundrum is just laying there on the ground mm-hmm. and they're like, are you okay? Have you seen anyone? And he's just quiet. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they run off, and he pats his stomach and kind of burps. Oh, gross! Yeah, I'm sorry. Was, is the Enigma actually a geek? Um, I don't think so. Okay, I okay. couldn't find anything about him eating weird stuff in real life. Okay, okay, so that's good. Gatsby has started eating books. Oh my God. Is Gatsby a geek? I don't know. He might be. He's well, or maybe he's just, I think this just goes back to his life of crime because he's eating our most expensive books first. (laughs) He's like deliberately (laughs) targeting the like big, heavy, nice ones that we like one we brought home from Paris. Oh my God. Do you think he'd like, like find some more satisfying? Like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Books? Um, books is he books. pulling them off the shelves yes he no. is he's pulling them off the shelves and oh, eating them yeah. it's not a pantry yeah because he's a bad poodle he's a bad poodle yeah oh my god yeah yeah he chooses crime oh every morning god. when i leave them i tell them <laughs> to make good choices and they rarely listen oh, that's what i would tell the greyhounds oh, yeah. Really? yeah 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 <laughs> Oh yeah. no, I would is that what I would say? I would go. Oh I no, I would say be good greyhounds make me proud is uh, what I would say. Yeah. Which, sure. Yeah. You know, mixed results. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um oh well God. that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah. So okay. Scully, then it's like it's later on, it's daytime. Scully's mm-hmm. talking to the sheriff and trying to be like, I think it was Leonard disjoining himself and uh you know doing this and and the sheriff is all skeptical and he's like i don't know are you sure it wasn't the fiji mermaid and Mulder just kind of walks by and says in an aside to scully now you know how i feel and uh <laughs> and uh we see dr blockhead is packing up a vw bug with all this stuff and he's like i'm getting out of here that thing's gonna come back i don't want it to kill me and uh-huh. And Scully says, uh, Scully is then having this kind of debriefing moment with Dr. Blockhead and saying, like, Lenny died last night. Um, Lenny, the, oh. the drunk guy. And he, uh, yeah. And they say, like, 
a fright or heartbreak or whatever. And he's like, she's like, no, cirrhosis of the liver. And oh. <laughs> uh, uh, she already did the autopsy. And I did see like some anomalies in his system that implied that like, it would make sense that a conjoined twin could exist and then disjoin. I don't know. And Dr. Blockhead's like, well, you're never going to see that again because with 21st century genetic engineering, we're not even going to be allowed to have a like slight overbite. You know, I've seen the future and it looks just like him. And he looks out at Mulder in the distance and like (laughs) David Duchovny is standing there. He's in his suit. He's got his hands on his hips and one foot on like a, a, like a, a Superman step. pose? Yeah, like a like, Superman yeah. pose, like looking off into the distance. And he's like, imagine going through your life looking like that. <laughs> and he's just like posed. And and uh, and it's great. Um, and he says, that's why the world needs self-made freaks like me and the conundrum to remind the world, everyone that the world, or to remind the world that nature abhors normality. That mm. uh, And Scully, or, and he says, do you know why that is? And Scully says, no. And he goes, I don't either. It's a mystery. And uh, <laughs> and then we see Scully kind of looks in at the enigma and he's just looking kind of kind of weird. And and uh, uh, Scully says, what's wrong with your friend? And mm-hmm. uh, and then the enigma, who hasn't said a word or anything, seems very golemy. Otherwise, you know, just looks at the camera and smiles and goes, must be something I ate. <laughs> And they drive off. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it's <sighs> like real, real gross. Um, yeah. Real gross stuff. This but, is uh, this is actually uh, yeah. the perfect format because you get to tell me the jokes, but I don't have to see the horror. Yeah. Um, so this actually, this is perfect for me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's how yeah. I've taken in a lot of horror movies um, is just by reading about them on Wikipedia. Same. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm curious when I see those like most terrifying, you know, like I want to know, but I don't want to watch it. I don't yeah. want to, you know, I just want to read safely about the horror. Yeah. Like um, that one with all the Scandinavians and like the blonde people and uh, the guy. <laughs> no, they've just got, I guess, there are blonde <laughs> people and a Scandinavian. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, oh, uh, you know, and wait oh, till midsummer. darkness comes. Mid oh, midsummer. midsummer. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. You know, like I feel like I have a good mm-hmm. sense of what midsummer is about, and like mm-hmm. I'm never gonna see that. Mm-hmm. Um, or hereditary. Yeah. I know about that one. So, mm. yeah. um, yeah, I, I am kind of worried about you watching the Kalusari next week. Oh, really? Ooh. It's scary. It's scary, Helen. It's a scary episode, and it ends in an exorcism sort of thing. Like a possessed okay. person. I'm okay. I'm excited because I've never seen it, and because I'm in my mid thirties now. <laughs> <laughs> if it, um, okay, this and- is clearly me talking as your big sister. But if it gets too scary, just turn it off, and I can watch it. <laughs> I mean, I might make Zach watch it with me. Um, okay. Or I mean, at the very least, I'll make sure you know he's. At yeah. home you can night. always look away um, and have zach describe things no i mean i'm i'm i am much let's see how do i say this the psychological terror of thinking about exorcisms is more palatable to me than the gross out horror mm. that was described here in terms of what I want to watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like, so. I, I would, I'll be fine watching it. It's just like, will I be able to sleep that night? I don't know. Gotcha. You know, or I, I don't know. I've, I've gotten a lot better about that stuff since college. Okay. Um, maybe it's as I've distanced myself slightly from the Catholic Church. <laughs> maybe that's okay. helped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Episcopalianism doesn't have the same sort of like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't know, but I'm I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I also look know forward a, to hearing what you say. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I know a decent amount about, like, not a decent, I know like a little bit about like religious studies stuff and uh, a decent amount about like historical exorcisms. Um. So I'm excited to 
to compare notes. Yeah. Let me know what you think. And again, I haven't I watched it in years, so there's details I forget. I will also warn you, I believe there's stuff where, if I recall, a little boy dies. Ah, um, uh, okay. And so, like, just warning yeah. about that. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's the case. Um, yeah. But then I know it's okay. an older boy who is who's possessed or something. Uh, okay. And I think the Kalusari are like the anti-exorcism people or anti-anti-possession huh. team. I don't know. <laughs> like the Ghostbusters? Like, yeah. Like the, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did they're you like know the Ghostbusters a, for possessions. A new Ghostbusters coming out? I lost track. I feel like there were. Okay, there was the one with the women, which I enjoyed. Right. And then then there was like another one or something. No. That, uh-uh. no. no? No, I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah, I think this is the first one coming out since the, like, Melissa McCarthy. No. What's Ghostbusters Afterlife? That's from 2021. Oh, I don't know. It came out in 2021. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it has um, some people from the original, like Ernie Hudson and Annie Potts. Um, hmm. And it, and maybe the other Ghostbusters, are, it looks like we're in it a little bit. Yeah, it says, yeah, Ray and the other surviving original Ghostbusters, Peter Venkman and Winston Zedmore, arrived to help. Yeah, so that is something. And then huh. one of the kids from Stranger Things was in it, it looks like. I never saw that. Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was quite good, but I haven't watched the latest season. But mm. yeah, then I see there's another one, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, that's coming out in March. Huh. That has Paul Rudd, which is... So does the one from 2021, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, if uh, I get too scared, I'll just watch that. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. good. <laughs> it's a plan. All right. Well, send us your stories. We haven't yes. had one in a while. Um, follow us on Instagram and your podcast guys apps. Yep. Yeah. We want and to leave pod at gmail.com. If you have any spooky unexplained stories or questions for us and we want to leave pod on Instagram. All right. See you next week.